Pornhub. Pornhub. The Pornhub Podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Pornhub Podcast. Today's guest is someone you may have heard of before. Her name is Maitland Ward. Now, you may have heard of Maitland from either Disney or porn, (laughs) two very, very different forms of entertainment. Uh, Maitland was a regular cast member on Boy Meets World, which is a show I watched pretty much religiously when I was younger. I remember watching it every Friday night on TGIF um, when I was in middle school. And she is now in porn. She is a contract star with Deeper, which is under the Vixen Media Group. And her transition to porn is a little bit different and unheard of um, when you think of all the quote unquote celebrity sex tapes and um, celebrity porn that we have seen in the past. Um, Usually when a celebrity dabbles in porn, it's usually a leaked sex tape or something very shameful and something that they, you know, um, make it seem like it was not their intention for the world to see it. Um, We all in porn, we all know that that's not true. Um, That's always 100% of the time, always a very calculated move if they're profiting off of it. Um, but Maitland joined porn in a very, I don't know, like what I seem, what I think is like, seems to be a really organic way. Um, so I'm really, really, I was really, really interested to talk to her. Um, and she seems really sex positive and cool and smart and funny. Um, so I was just like really, really interested to hear her story and her journey. Um, and you know what? She did not disappoint. Um, she was just as cool and smart and funny and wonderful as I thought she would be. So um, without further ado, here's the interview. So you had like a really different kind of transition from mainstream into porn than I've ever seen, I think. Um, I don't know that anyone in porn has ever seen Um, a transition like that, just because usually whenever someone who is already famous in the mainstream comes into porn, it's like a leaked sex tape, first of all. Um, (laughs) And I'm going to say quote unquote leaked. Quote unquote, very much quote unquote. (laughs) It's a very like well-known secret within the industry. I'm sure your industry too, that none of those tapes are leaked. There is so much paperwork that yeah. you have to fill out before you release the porno yeah. through a major studio. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, um, and, and it's also kind of out of the blue, out of nowhere. Whereas for you, you have kind of been, you were like really playing with your sexuality for a long time before mm-hmm. you straight up got into porn. Yes. Um, even like on your free platforms where you were like, <laughs> like didn't even have to be for money. Yeah. Um, like you were very sexual on your Instagram and Snapchat and stuff. Yes. So I, I think that's just like so, so interesting. And actually like, I don't know, from this end, like from what I know of you, I, I'm super like appreciative actually to see like oh. a transition like that. But like, so for you, was it was it a very gradual process? Like what? Was it a really gradual decision, I guess? Is it really I mean? was. It really was. It was about, like, I had been really interested in, like, years back, not years back, but, like, say about six years ago or something, I was really interested, like, in erotic writing and and just exploring myself sexually just, and, and even before then, just on my own, just evolving as a person and a woman over the years and as an actress, too. And I felt really pigeonholed in Hollywood in mainstream because I was seen as this kind of girl next door, fun comedy type. And, uh, and as the years went by after Boy Meets World, which is such a successful show and it's so iconic to so many people, which is great, but, um, you get typecast as something. So I kind of, I kind of left mainstream in Hollywood and kind of started exploring, doing my own thing and and writing and moved to New York for a while. I, I just um, started developing myself, I guess, as a person. But um, when uh, the spinoff for Boy Meets World, which was Girl Meets World, came around, the 
you know, there was renewed interest in the people and, and Pete on the show and, you know, where we were and, and just, it was just really, it was a fun time, but it's like you were saying on my Instagram and on my social media platforms, I was in kind of a, a starting in a new direction and um, all the attention from Boy Meets World fans and stuff, seeing my stuff kind of reinvigorated me like doing my own authentic thing. And um, mm-hmm. so I did start, I, I really love cosplay and I got, um, got into doing that on Instagram and stuff. And in fact, you know, I met a photographer who asked me if I wanted to do may the fourth be with you and be a slave, slave lay an authentic costume. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, let's do it. Well, then I took pictures in it and they went all over the place and they got huge press and stuff. So that was really the beginning of my, uh, exhibitionism, I guess, to the public. I was always into it myself, but people started recognizing me. And this was like five, six years ago that this happened. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of a, it was a very slow progression. And it was me discovering myself and my sexuality and what I was comfortable with, what I, what I wanted to do. If you would have told me at the beginning, I would have been um, in porn like this. I would have never believed you because I, 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 it was such a journey in myself to find that place as a sexual performer. So so um, at what point, like at year number, what were you actually like, I might do porn? Uh, I think it was funny because I kept getting kicked off of Instagram and Snapchat just for showing like, <laughs> yes. or like just a shadow of, you know, everyone knows, <laughs> but even Snapchat was kicking me off because people were complaining. I have had these like haters that wanted me to stay very Disney. You know, Disney. Yes, exactly. So um, they get very upset. But then I had all these people who were like, this is awesome. We love watching your journey and everything. And they're like, why don't you just sell content? And I didn't even know what that meant at the time. This was two and a half years ago. You're um, like, you can make money off. I didn't even think about the internet. <laughs> this was just, I was just doing it because I loved it. And it was fun having fans love it. And it was, I, the, I remember the first time, um, it was at a Comic-Con when somebody came up to me and said, oh my God, you're, I love you on Snapchat. And it was one of the first things like they weren't recognizing me from Boy Meets World or another project. They were recognizing me from Snapchat. And I thought that was so cool. And I branded myself into something else, but I didn't really think that people were going to pay money. So I, I actually started, I said, you know, I'm going to start a Patreon page because I didn't even know what OnlyFans was at that time. And it, mm-hmm. um, and that was very more new at, at um, two and a half years ago. So I didn't even mention it to anybody. And I, just put it up one night and said, Oh, maybe I'll tell people later. I, and the next morning I already had 20 people signed up and mm-hmm. I was like, I didn't even know it. I hadn't even announced it. Um, and then when I did announce it by the, like the first week, there was like 2,800 people signed up to pay, you know, anywhere from 15 to $700 for whatever uh, things I was selling. So it really took off fast. And I was only at that point thinking, you know what? I want to be naked on it. <laughs> like, uh, like I want to do playboy stuff type, stuff and cosplay. I definitely was going to do sexy cosplay stuff. And then solo stuff. I was, I was definitely looking to explore, but, um, Mm -hmm. but like the softer side of porn, the softer side. Yes. And I had, um, I had in the past done some cheeky girl, girl stuff, uh, not sexually on screen, but, um, like, uh, do you, you know, Ella Alexandra, she was a, she's a redhead performer from years back. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We had done like six years ago, I think it is now, um, a sexy uh, Kiss a Ginger Day for the press. Um, International Kiss a Ginger Day, we celebrated. We had the best time, and we she's so she was so fun, and we did all of these like cheeky kissy girly stuff. And and I so remember what is that like just videos of you guys, guys, yeah, kissing? and photos we really we released to the press, and it got mm-hmm. on a lot of blogs and all over the press and stuff. So um, it yeah, it was this kissy like little cute things, and we were in pillow fighting and and in in lingerie that was all like cute uh, gingery like redheads. <laughs> Ginger stuff. I don't know how to explain ginger stuff. Very like <laughs> lots of reds and stuff. But, uh, actually, really very Valentine-y kind of. Because I think it is actually, I think International Ginger Day is like at the end of January. So it, it had a Valentine's kind of going into Valentine's feel. But aside from that, um, no, but I remember at the end of that, she said, you're going to do something in the video. Ah! And I was like, Oh, I don't know. She goes, you're too comfortable doing this. You're I, this was my first time shooting with, and she, a friend of mine had recommended her because she um, 
she to do it. And she was really like wanting to do it for fun. Um, so that was the first thing. And then along the way, I, I didn't think about that. And that was years before I started Patreon, but with the Patreon thing, I thought, well, maybe, you know, I could do some girl, girl stuff. I love girls anyway, in my personal life. And I was like, that's pretty easy. I mean, that's like, people would really like that and maybe do it. So I started doing some girl, girl shoots and they were very soft core at first. Um, they were naked, but very like soft. And then it went, moved along the way where I was like, no, I, I, I want to actually have sex on this and I want to do this. And so I remember it's I kind of this. like being like a waitress at a strip club yeah. where like, you're like, oh, I could try this. And then you see like the dancers having so much fun and like making yeah. so much money. You're like, oh, I think I could do that too. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I mean, I really loved it in general. So I started, I did, I remember I did a, a slumber party with, um, Lily Love and Sovereign Sire. It was, um, and we did this, it was really fun. And then I started opening up to do, I, and I actually brought Elle back and we did a full like scene together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like in the, and so, but then I was like, you know, I really like sexually performing. I, and I like people, the exhibitionist in me mm-hmm. and um, I love sex and I love um, anything erotica and stuff. And I was like, I, I want to do more. I want to continue with this. And so I just kept on, um, doing with the girl girl thing. And I started doing more and more hardcore stuff with girl mm-hmm. girl. And then I was like, no, I want to, I want to do guys now. So, uh, I was very lucky. I, uh, very extremely lucky that I started, um, the two guys that I worked with right off the bat were, um, Isaiah Maxwell and Danny mountain. Whoa. And, yeah. So I was extremely good they, start. Yeah. And so they had, compl- I, I learned so much from both of them. Um, just along the whole journey, because then I would do a lot of shoots with both of them. Um, and really fun stuff. We, I, I had Danny as Santa Claus the first year we did for a whole Christmas theme. And I say, and I would do these comic, com- comic book character videos. Wait, and, and this, at this point you're still freelance. I'm still freelance. Yeah. I was, I just knew because I had the connection in porn with people. So I knew them, but, and so they were the only two guys that I worked with to do stuff, but I, I learned so much about, just porn and, and, and making it and everything. I just loved it. I loved performing. I remember Danny said, I asked him later, I said, what did you think about the first time? Cause he was actually the first one I actually had sex with on film. Um, but Isaiah was the first blowjob I had, but, <laughs> but ironically, yeah. So, but, um, he was like, he thought I would be more nervous. And he said, you weren't nervous at all. And I was like, I look back on it. And I was thinking I, I wasn't, I really wanted to do it. And I, I've never been nervous about it. And, um, I just, um, really wanted to go for it. So no, I hadn't been, I went for a whole, I'd say over a year, year and a half where I did my own stuff. And then, um, that's really interesting that you said you weren't nervous at all, because that's actually a really common theme I find among a really specific kind of performer, myself included. Mm. And that's like, those of us that are like exhibitionists, and yeah, like very much funny. into the performance aspect of porn. Yeah. Like, obviously, we love sex. We wouldn't do this otherwise. Yeah. But like, like I-, I see it in you too. It's like, like I love performing. I love putting on a show. I love turning people on. Yeah. I love that there's people on set. And yeah. I find that those people yeah. are usually like, I would say like I was nervous on the way to set. But like once uh-huh. the camera's rolling, it's like. Oh, I know. Once the camera's on, I just love it. I just want to let so it So comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. It's like part of the fantasy or something. Yes, it is. And just having people watch you enjoy yeah. yourself. Actually, I just, I absolutely love that. It's I, whenever the cameras roll, it's like, it's, it's very exciting. And it, it's like, it's, it just really turns me on to, to when the cameras start and it's just like, let's go. <laughs> it's like the start of a race. Totally. How, how long were you freelance before joining with deeper? Like a year, like about a, uh, well, the interesting thing is with, um, with deeper, uh, I was probably about a year and a half into it. And then, um, and then shortly after that, like, I forget exactly what the timing was, but, um, Vixen had approached me to do black mm-hmm. about me. And I was like, and I had been a big fan of Vixen since it started, like with when Tori started out with it. And mm-hmm. I just thought it was so beautiful. And they did such high class productions. And I was like, yeah, you know what? I would, I, if I'm going to do this, I really want to do it right. And I had been thinking for a long time how I wanted to 
Um, and I had thought more of a comic book element of this, but I wanted to do a real production where I had a full script and um, great high end production that I wasn't capable of doing on my own, really on a mm-hmm. consistent basis and have a platform where it could reach so many people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had been thinking about this for a long time. Um, and then black to push. I was like, that's, I really want to do that. I want to, if I'm going to do, you know, real porn, I'll do that. So, um, and so I, I agreed to do a couple of scenes for them. And my first scene. And Blacked is owned by Vixen Media yeah. for anyone who is confused yeah, for by everybody. that. Yeah. And also I would say like, if, if there's one company right now that's shooting women in the most beautiful way, I would absolutely say it's Vixen Media. Like, yeah. like you want to be seen like that, right? Like, yes. it's, Yeah. It's so gorgeous. I like it. I just remember before I uh, talked to anybody over there, just knowing over the years, just how beautiful the photos were and just the setup and just, it was so elaborate. And that was something that I really wanted to be a part of. Um, and so, so I did it and I did a couple other scenes too, um, testing the waters, but I had such a great experience on the first black scene that I did. It was, it was amazing. And I did it with Jason Love and uh, we just had a fabulous scene and after when it came out, it was huge. It like it was breaking the internet that Rachel from Women's World was doing uh, a real full blown porn on. Um, on that the- must be like so like a little side note, but like to me, like that seems like the craziest part is like when we all the rest of us who are not coming from Disney. <laughs> enter porn it's a scary thing just because it's like my mom's gonna find out my worst enemy's gonna find out like do I really is it worth it but for you it must have been tenfold because it's, yeah. <laughs> it's like you know you know that very soon the whole world would be talking about it and yeah, not and you know necessarily positively actually I, I have I'll, I'll speak on that more later but it's funny because black actually was not um, a press event for me like nobody in the press knew about this as much as it was a viral event through fans and through people on the internet like it was it was it like just, it wasn't TMZ no it was not on TMZ this is what this is the story with this because um, I kind of I didn't really do a press announcement or anything or go to mm-hmm. press with it I just you know put out my fans well it it like broke all the records that day that it came out. And that was on a Saturday when it came out. It was going crazy gangbusters. Well, on that same day, Caden at Deeper, which was just beginning, um, you know, it, I think it had launched in April and this was the beginning of August. Um, and for anyone who doesn't know, Deeper is Vixen's newest yes. line. And it's yes. actually, it's the one that you exclusively shoot for. And Caden yes. is completely in charge of. It's like yes. her, it's her yes. baby. Right. And so this was at the kind of near the inception of her baby, like just near birth. <laughs> but she had been working, of course, she was a director of the year, uh, the year before and everything. So she, she was already majorly accomplished, but, mm-hmm. uh, but they had just acquired deeper. So that's, um, so uh, that Saturday she was filming on the big feature of the year drive. The first scene they were doing so this was going to be the big movie for Dixon comp, you know, before the whole year. And she ended up losing the co-lead in it. That so you weren't the first. Yeah. What? And the production would have it was threatened to be shut down completely. Um. So I think. Can by, I ask who was originally? I can't say who it was. Okay. I'll, I'm going to find out. <laughs> but yeah, there was reasons that it just it the co yeah it was just lost. But um. Uh. But by that Monday, she needed to have a new co-star and she was and for um, anyone that doesn't know like finding a lead or a co-lead yeah, or anyone with a speaking role in a feature in porn is actually very hard because maybe this is very hard to believe but porn porn performers are generally not actors like we're right. porn performers right we're porn stars like we're not so like to find a porn star that can act is like it's not totally rare, but it's a lot more rare than you would think, especially yeah. for a specific role that's already and this written. Is a very, very specifically written role with very intricate dialogue and and very um And yeah. I think Caden like famously likes to write with oh, yes. her performers in mind already, right? Yes. I think yes. I've heard her say that before. Yeah. She definitely does. Um, uh, yeah. And it was, it, I remember. And so, so that Monday she went to Vixen. She's like, I need this. It's not that this isn't going to work or whatever happened. I actually don't know exactly all of the details, but I just know that the bleed, it fell through. They needed to find somebody. 
So she went to Vix and they said, um, you should talk to Maitland. And she's like, who's Maitland? She didn't even know I was because they were like, she can really, she's really an actress. And she was, you know, she was just in black this weekend and it did bonkers. And um, so that day she contacted me and gave me a script for drive. And I was blown away. I was like, this is a, this, oh my God, this is like what I've been waiting for. What I've, I've, uh, because it was just so brilliantly written and, and it had all the hot sex and, and it was, I, um, so I, I looked at the script and she said, can we meet like at a Starbucks? And I said, yeah, I want to, I'm going to meet over this. And we met at Starbucks. And by that night I was cast and we were working several days later on it. And when we were at work and it was, it was the rest is so history, but it was funny because um, we made drive and Angela was, Angela White was the co-star in drive or the star, you know? Um, and, uh, it was amazing. It was, it was just such a, a wonderful shoot. And, uh, we were up against the gun because awards season cutoff was happening. We were filming in August, much like this year too. <laughs> you, were shoot, you shot that in August? Yes, we shot. And we shot. Yeah. Insane. So, yeah, I think it's like September, but everyone, if you're shooting a big movie for the awards, it generally yeah. happens like by June, July. Yeah. And this was especially with editing and post-production, like August yeah. is insane. Yeah. We, I know. We did it this year too, because of the COVID. <laughs> yeah. so we, but we, the team, uh, the editing team is just amazing that they're doing it while we're filming. Yeah. Editing it's no stuff. surprise to me. Like I bet. I'm assuming, like, even after just talking to you for, like, this short amount of time, like, I'm assuming you and Caden clicked right away. Like, you yeah. seem, yeah. like, almost very similar people to me. Yeah, we, we really are. I feel like she's, like, a sister to me. It's it's crazy. When we went through the whole drive experience, it was so rushed. And then, well, the, this is what the press thing. The world found out that I was in porn because of drive, not because of my black scene. So um, I had uh, done – an interview. I really, you know, I was really proud of Drive and and everything with it because it, it's just such an epic film and it's so different from um, everything out there and and so different from what people would think of porn um, mm-hmm. in the public in the mass public. So I um, I did an interview. I it was with Two Fab and with um, In Touch about like me doing it. And I did it. Well, that went so viral the day that it was released that. Um, it was Google trending number one all day. I beat mm-hmm. Bernie Sanders' heart attack all day. On the Google <laughs> I mean, internationally. not to laugh, but yeah, but internationally, um, it was so huge. It went everywhere, and like you were saying, on the on the TMZ, on Daily Mail, and on every I mean, E News, and and anything, I think it was like over 180 outlets saw that. So Drive, I mean, Drive and Deeper just went through the roof. I mean, it was like people were signing up and, and, and deeper was the numbers were just going crazy. What a fortunate thing for literally everyone involved that that first co-lead didn't work out. Yeah. It's really amazing how, how just life happens. I mean, I, I, I'm sure I would have met Caden down the road, but I, it was, but I'm sure that's a moment like Caden was probably like shitting herself. Like, yeah, I, I mean, you know? tough spot. It's a tough mm-hmm. spot. Yeah. And, and she had this great script and everything, but if they, if they didn't find anybody or it couldn't mm-hmm. make it work. And it's it already been... like a lot of money invested. Right. Like, a lot of know. money invested. A mm-hmm. lot of money invested. So, um, yeah, it was just, it was so cool. And then, so after that, we, the film was doing phenomenally and every, all the scenes and stuff were amazing. Um, but it, very shortly after that, Caden and I were, people, Kira and I were like, let's, we want to really work together full time on some pretty epic projects. And, um, and we want to like, she, she wanted to write so much stuff um, and feature in the future and everything. So that's shortly after that, I signed um, a contract with, to be the face of deeper and mm-hmm. in, um, media group. So, and for them, do you only do features like features no. meaning for anyone that doesn't know features are like when there's a script basically. Well, no, I do scenes, but every scene I'm in has a script. It has a, okay. So I mean, even if it's like a vignette, there's a smaller script. Yeah. And I do a lot of like featurettes and, and things like that. Like I, like any scene I have usually has about a three page monologue in it. <laughs> or yeah. 
or pieces. Yeah, you got to take advantage of that. I yeah. mean. <laughs> but I, my, I love it. Caden writes so brilliantly, and I just, um, I love saying her words. And we've just done some really great things that have been, uh, like that porn and mainstream haven't been familiar with. Like, um, like we did a great. Aside from the feature, um, we did this just recently this great scene um, that was based on a poem and it looks like an art piece. I did it with Oliver Flynn and it's called at last. And it's, it's just really just brilliantly orchestrated and written and stuff. So um, I was really proud of that and it looks like a moving painting and then it's hot sex, but, (laughs) but it's, it's really thinking outside the box. And do you, do you feel like, I mean, now that you're like full-time in porn, you're like doing the thing, like, do you feel like, I mean, are you having more fun here than in mainstream or like, oh, is, is it apples and oranges? Oh, definitely. I, I feel like I have so much more freedom in porn and I've been given, um, I, it's, it's weird because I've been given a, a respect that mainstream doesn't afford a lot of people. And like, I was, what do you mean? It's, it's because it's, if you get pigeonholed into these roles, then they don't let you get out of that so much. Mm-hmm. You're always seen as something like that. Like I remember before I started doing um, even any of my content or anything, but I was doing the sexy pictures and stuff. I had a publicist say, listen, you know, you shouldn't put up sexy stuff at all. If, if you're, if you're not 25, nobody's going to care. Mm-hmm. And if I would have listened to that, I would have never been here. So that's like the, my story. That's, I think that's what's original about my story too, is that it, it happened. I wasn't 20 coming into mm-hmm. porn. I was, I was a grown ass woman. And like, don't you like I I was also I mean I wasn't like so grown I still did a lot of stupid shit and made a lot of stupid decisions but I was 23 like aka I wasn't 18 yeah and like I feel like at 23 I think I was ready to get into porn at 18 I would not have been I can't imagine these girls who are 18 I'm I'm so impressed they can do that I'm so impressed it's it's it is impressive but also I'm like part of me is like almost a little worried just because I'm like at 18, I was horny enough to be in porn. And I think I was like responsible enough, Uh but also like, I think, you know, even just like as a woman, I don't know if I would have had the confidence to be like, I don't want to do that in a, in a room full of people that are like, yeah, "Yeah, just do your first anal scene. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Right. So that's, I, I think, I don't know. I always think it's like such a blessing when someone gets in a little bit later and has already like developed a little bit as a human being. And I wanted to ask, like you say, like you felt really pigeonholed in mainstream. Is that something that's like specific to people who become famous at a really young age? Do you feel? Or maybe for a young audience? Yes. I think there, it's, yeah, it's funny, but anybody who becomes famous, like if it's, if it's known so well everywhere, I think it's Mm -hmm. not just a young age. Although um, I loved my time on Boy Meets World. I had a great time, but asking me to be that character for and that type of character forever, that's like saying I had a great time in high school. I loved high school, but should I live like I'm in high school forever? <laughs> like, right. I mean, I can look back and say this is I, I love the experience and I had an amazing time and it's it, I've grown from that and I wouldn't be the same person without it. And, um, and I just... I just need, I just was evolving as a person. And I think um, a lot of times Hollywood wants you to stay just where they want you in certain yeah, places. They would want me to play sense. like soccer mom roles. And I didn't want to do that. I wanted to be a, explore my sexuality and do more, you know, daring things. And, and, and I feel like in that way, porn is very opposite. Like, I, I mean, we're constantly evolving, like in porn, like yeah. even like, look at like our plastic surgery. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> even that alone is like, we're ever evolving. <laughs> and I think, you know, it's really common to see like the teen cutesy become the, the, you know, the stepmom becomes like the trophy wife becomes like the MILF. Like that's a very common. Yeah. And it's also, cool. I think, mm-hmm. No, it's just, it's cool that, um, I love how Caden and writes me and stuff. I, I don't fit into, I'm never any of that as, as something I'm just, I mean, Caden's, I would say like the, the porn you guys make is very like, it's not 
like cookie cutter porn in any no, way. It's really like I would say it's dark and nuanced and the stories are a lot more complex than say like like I said, like the stepmom walking in yeah, we don't do it. Stepson's yeah. room type thing. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. is very cookie cutter, like generic, right? Generic porn. Um I, I I saw this documentary called Showbiz Kids. Have you heard of it? Uh it sounds familiar. Uh, it was on I think I saw it on like Apple TV or something. Uh-huh. But it was basically just like a lot of people who were not necessarily like child actors, but um like teen actors, yeah. just like yourself. And one thing that like really, really stood out to me was Evan Rachel Wood mm. um, was saying that, that, you know, of course she doesn't want to make any kind of blanket general statement, but out of all the child actors or younger actors she knows, the male ones have all been sexually harassed in one way or another or sexually you know abused. Yeah. I saw a, a documentary on that. Uh, it's not that one though, but it, there, ha- there is a problem with young boys in Hollywood. I mean, Why I, is it I, boys? Up. I mean, it's, it's just there. They are sexually harassed a lot and that's, in, it, there's a whole movie on it and I forget what it's called, but um, it talked about like young young boys, you know, they'd have like these pool parties and stuff. And it was very um, creepy. And and then we always hear about like the music producers of like, you know, these boy mm-hmm. bands. And then like, yeah, it turns out that they've been pedos all yeah. along or right. But like, which is so crazy. And like, I'm just wondering, like, I guess, do you in that way are, I think, Sexual harassment in porn is like a really confusing thing, I think. Mm-hmm. And like maybe, maybe like for you, you, um, I don't know, like because you only work for deeper and you work with like very respected people mm-hmm. and stuff. But I'm like wondering if there's a similarity in that way. Like, do you, do you feel like, is there also sexual harassment in porn? And I ask as a genuine, not like a rhetorical question, because like for me, I've been in porn 12 years. And to me, I'm from like, like this old school thinking of porn where it's like, oh, we get to set, we're all flirting, we're all like, mm-hmm. we're all sexually harassing each other, like kind of, because it's like, that's kind of part of getting into the mood for the scene. And, and then now I see, you know, a lot of newer people coming in and questioning that. And I'm like, oh, wow, like, that's, it's true. Like, like, just because you're on a porn set, you shouldn't be like slapping someone's ass, for example, um, mm-hmm. especially if you're not like working with that person that day, you know? Yeah. And I'm wondering, like, do you, is there, do you see as much of, like, I guess this is, like, five different questions, but, like, do you see that in porn? And also, like, on a on a mainstream set, is it out in the open like that, or is it very hush-hush? I would, you know, I have to say, I was, um, both in mainstream and porn, I have been very sheltered from any of that. I never had any sort of overt sexual harassment in mainstream i think mm-hmm. the world was such a well-run set everybody was we were just you know kids having fun and and the, i have to give the executive producer he really he really made sure it was a tight run ship nobody's had big problems from the set or anything there was never mm-hmm. real screw-ups we were it was very very tame and even though i started and i started on a soap opera before that and everybody was so protective of me and i feel like actually in porn i i've never had any sort of thing like that happen on of course i am on the deeper sets and the vixen sets and none of that happens anyway because mm-hmm. it's so well run we have such big crews we have it's i i feel like i'm very sheltered from any of that so i can't really speak i know younger people in the industry who maybe be starting out can be taken advantage of by um, mm-hmm. but by a lower element and that's mm-hmm. uh, that's so true and i mean i knew like girls in the mainstream who it would be very hush hush the sexual harassment it would not be okay honest. really i don't think so that would be more hush hush or it'd be more subtle i nobody on a big mainstream set would would loud like flirt that with a kid out in the yeah. like that. Um, um, but on smaller things, and and I'm again, I was I'm super fortunate that I got on big established things, including deeper mm-hmm. and all that. Um, so I I haven't encountered it, but I definitely I have a heart for people who do. I I've known like models and and stuff who were 
sexually harassed repeatedly, like by photographers and yeah, um, that's a big thing right now that's too. A big thing. That's a big also, thing. Also, like, is in mainstream is like fucking for the job a thing? Like, is, is it? I'm not asking for that. Really, I don't, you always have to go to. I mean, yeah, you can get roles, but not very much. I, I mean, mm-hmm. I think that's actually a more hush hush thing too. Like with all the Harvey Weinstein, mm-hmm. it's like that. Yeah, that happened, but we didn't like hear about it in the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were totally involved with the situation. Um, they kept it covered up and hush hush. Um, but I never encountered anybody on a casting couch saying, yeah, you want this or this role or anything. Um, it was always, you go to the casting or you go to the network to test in front of a table of people. And, right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, of course it goes on, but, um, I, I think that's a little more like people think that goes on everywhere. And I don't think that's not. Yeah. I mean, the impression that like that documentary left me with was like, this is rampant. Like it is happening everywhere you turn kind of thing. Yeah. I think that's that's a a little misleading. I mean, I, but I know there is a problem definitely with uh, the, yeah, the boys and pedophilia. It's so creepy and terrible, but I never encountered anybody telling me about this in the, in real time, but of course, so I, they're not going to tell me about it, like necessarily. Um, When you started making the transition over to porn and adult, at any point, even when you were just like posting the sexy photos on social media yeah. or whatever, like, was there, um, was there a lot of backlash from, I guess, the fans or like anyone in the business? No. And I can say this, I, that was the most surprising thing. And everybody I'm shocked. says that. I mean, there's a course of the people that complain about my pictures because they wanted me to be Disney-like or no. I, and I have not ever received major backlash from anybody. And when I made the announcement about doing drive and, and deeper to the press and it went so viral, I got overwhelmingly positive reactions. They put up the headlines, like shocking headline like that, just to get attention, of course. And I, I on it. Okay. Let's. Yeah. Like you knew that was going to happen. Yeah. And that's part of it. You got to get them to like, see what it is and stuff. Um, but like most of the articles that are written about me and the people that like, I know the articles that I interviewed for, they were very supportive and, and overall like, wow, that's great. Go for it. I was, it was, I did not get the overwhelming, any really heavy negative reaction. And my fans have been so supportive of me along the way. I mean, you don't know how many guys I get and girls too that say, you know, they've been, you know, jerking off for me for all of these years, decades now. <laughs> and it's so cool to think that, wow, they can, you know, they, that I've been their sexual crush for all these years. I mean, how many people can say that? I, I, t- I hold that with pride. <laughs> no, totally. That's awesome. Whenever anyone's like, you're the first person I jerked off to, I'm like, thank you. So I know. Much. It's so great. It's so great. I feel so like proud. I'm a jerk. <laughs> Um, I am really surprised that like you're saying like all those headlines were positive because that's usually and, and like now that you mention it, like I don't know that I saw anything negative out there about yeah. you actually. Um, but that's definitely like not usually the case. Yeah. You, like, what, yeah. what do you think? Is it is it because we're a little bit more woke as a society now about like women's sexuality or is it because of maybe the way you went about it. Yeah, I think it's. I, we, I do definitely notice that younger people are so much more woke about like porn and sexuality and stuff. And, and I get so many young people and young women who are like, "This is awesome! I love it! You're empowering us sexually." And mm-hmm. so I've gotten an overwhelming response from the 20s to 30s like year olds that are that are really loving mm-hmm. it. But I think, like you said before, most of the mainstream crossovers weren't genuine and they were like a, a quote unquote leaked sex tape. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't doing that. I never want to do that. I always came in to make sure that I was proud of the project I was working on. I was proud of porn. I was not going to use it to shame like, Oh, like most times they'd leak the tape and then be ashamed of it and get all these followers and stuff. And then, but I'm just, I can't believe I did that. Oh my God. I was, I, I came out there and I said, listen, I'm proud of this. Look at this. I did this and I'm proud of porn and I'm proud of what we're doing. And, and I think it's revolutionary and it can change the way people perceive porn. And I think, I mean, anytime you go out there positively like that, what are they going to say? I mean, she's not happy. I know I'm happy. I'm, I'm doing great. I'm loving it. And then, 
I, I like, what can you even take away from that person? Really? Yeah. Right. Like if somebody tries to shame you, you have nude pictures to it. And they're like, so that's actually really, really true. Like I, I'm immediately like even thinking of like Melania Trump. Right. And like how she has those nudes out and like, yeah. like the, if she had just come out and been like, yeah, like I am super yeah. hot. I took these photos. I'm a model. I'm proud of them. Like it would have been no big deal, but like, because it's like this shameful past thing. Like, I don't know. Like, I guess we can all sense that. And it's like, yeah, it's gross. Yeah. I think with me, they couldn't tap into the shame element of it. Yeah. And um, did you grow up like when you were, even when you were younger, like, were you always like a, were you raised in a very sex positive way? Uh, yes. And it's funny. People say, like, when they assume that uh, porn people, oh, they had a troubled childhood. They had something. I mean, my, my parents are still married to this day. I had a wonderful childhood. I, I grew up normally. I mean, but yeah, my parents are, are much more, they're open-minded and they're not. So I was much more sexually positive. I wasn't like living in a house that was like, you can't do all these things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I, I think they were just open-minded and I got into acting when I was like 15. And so um, I was already like working in like an adult world, but I was still so shielded. And I think that, I think the shielding in the way that I was shielded, which wasn't like, so some over overly religious way or, you know, fire and brimstone way. Um, I think I was shielded in a way that allowed me to explore things safely, <laughs> like myself, just I, I over a long period of time. I mean, it took me, when I was, when I was really young, I would, like you said, at 18, I would have never been able to, <laughs> to go out there and perform and, and do stuff mm-hmm. and even have come to my head. I, I wasn't even in that mind space, but I think um, I always have felt safe exploring for myself and, and mm-hmm. not ashamed about it. So, um, mm-hmm. and, and I think I just, it just is an authentic journey that I've, I've taken because I just listened to what was inside of me because I was listening to, you know, agents and publicists and managers, they would tell me, you're crazy. You're never going to do anything in this. And I'm like, it's crazy. The fact that I'm acting in more serious, well-written roles in porn and that I'm like writing things for like the daily beast and stuff there. And I'm just thinking about our little articles. Right? So my writing is taken more seriously now mm-hmm. than mainstream would have taken me. Like, I feel like I'm respected more for my, my brain and talent in porn than I was in mainstream for so long, which That's, is a wild. Thing. Yeah. I don't even want to say it's ironic, but it is. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, it, really? like, but it's yeah. absolutely the truth. I mean, I have, I mean, Caden is writing just characters that are so deep and, and, uh, have you, are evolved and so interesting. And I, mm-hmm. if I was trying out for mainstream stuff right now. I'd be, Oh, the mom on something, you know, goody goody, and yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It wouldn't be these fantastic meaty characters. So, speaking of like your contract with Caden and stuff, like you guys are actually the only people that I've seen. I mean, I'm like pretty removed at this point from like shooting and stuff, like studios, but like from Instagram and stuff, I see that you guys have been shooting since. Um, since Los Angeles opened back up right, um, for shooting and stuff. And, and certainly like, I see a lot of people shooting, but it's more like, you know, like Brazzers, for example, yeah. which is like, a totally different kind of porn than you do. I think mm-hmm. um, it's more like less of a script and it's more like they're able to shoot the room, yeah. from what I've seen is, yeah. Like they just get a director on zoom and then the two performers oh, go to yeah. a porn set um, and the, just the two performers are there um, and then everything else is through zoom, which is very possible for a production like that. um, When it's more about like just the sex scene. Right. For you guys, like you guys are the only people that I've seen really shooting like a straight up huge, like a big budget feature. Yes. This is, Um, this is huger, bigger, higher budget than even like last year with drive. This is, this is a huge undertaking. So I think like myself included, like I think people are really curious to know like what kind of what is the protocol on a porn set right now in this like post-corona world where like 
I, I mean, porn is already super vigorous about testing, right? Mm-hmm. Like we yeah. already do our STD test every 14 days, if not less. Um, so yeah. I, I think like that part we're like a little bit used to, but like, I'm just like, what does a set look like right now on a big budget feature? Um, you know, it's interesting. The whole time we were in lockdown, Kate and I were so adamant that we wanted to make a feature and we, cause we had talked about making uh, the big feature of the year um, before lockdown and everything. And of course that would have more, I guess we couldn't now go on locations and, and do have huge groups of people and sex scenes and it had to be modified, but I have to, she, she went and she wrote this idea for Muse. Like it just came to her and she was so inspired by it. And um, it was amazing. She came up with this massively good script so quickly um, when Los Angeles was opening up again, we were able to, we knew we'd be able to shoot. We were. Oh, so Muse was written during lockdown. Yes. Yeah. Cause we were going to do, we were planning on something different before just in a different mindset and in a different world. Um, but yeah. And Muse also is, is set, uh, in the lockdown world. I mean, we don't have, what? yeah, we don't heavily talk about it. I mean, it's the news is in the background. And so it's, 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 in that lockdown world. And I, yeah. And I teach, you don't even have to talk about it though, because the world is just so yeah. different. Like just yeah. as it is, I was hearing, I heard this thing the other day where someone was talking about movies that take place before Corona and how those are all a period piece now. Yeah, I know it's, it's and people just it's, like hugging and like, hugging and like no masks ever. And the yeah, masks like just like blowing on a birthday cake. Yeah, <laughs> like, I know we're just, just <laughs> laughing in somebody's face. So, um, wow, that's re- I'm really excited to yeah. see that. Yeah, it's like, and I play um, a professor at a university of sexual psychology who's famed in herself, and it's really cool because she, uh, Keaton, used my persona, sort of in- incorporated it into my character of this. She's this famed, accomplished professor, but she has a history, like she does, has history of sex work and sex, sexual performance and writing. She did a documentary where she did this whole obscene stuff. And then, um, so, uh, she is kind of, I guess, looked down on society a little bit because of that, even though she's such an accomplished, wealthy woman who's a professor. But, um, so I, I deal with both of those issues. My whole question is, um, you know, the women, the good women get all of the love and the bad women don't. And I'm dealing with the fact that I got everything, but I don't have love and mm-hmm. so that's my issue but um yeah it's it, the, the whole question i pose to like my students is to create projects that can say whether porn can or cannot be art and it's interesting because with this film and this series um it we're answering that question in in every way with every character and it's and it's interesting the it was originally just a feature but vixen and all of us were so happy with it that it got turned into a series and mm-hmm. so this is the first season of this series. Um, so, so when you go to set every day, like, what is it? Is it like, are there less people on the crew or like what? There, we still have a, a big crew compared to other porn sets. We definitely have a full crew, but everyone is necessary in it. We don't like have a lot of extras. Like the crew will be used for, to play extra roles or something if it's needed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so we mm-hmm. kind of plug it in that way. But I have to say, I mean, I, I was like nervous on how we would do it. Vixen did such an incredible job with this. They put so much time and money and effort into making sure everyone was tested. We'd had to test every single morning, no matter if you were working that day or not. You oh, wow. Every single morning they had an EMT on set to make sure your 24-hour test would be the next morning. So that was hard. Okay, so you tested every morning basically like for the next 24 hours. Kind yes. Of or yes. Like, okay. okay. Yeah, like your like test today's test happened. came from yesterday. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So we would have to test like that. Of course, they did the temperature checks and everybody on the crew is spaced and has the masks and everything. Just the performers are the ones without the yeah gear on, of course, because we can't in the scenes. But yeah. Um, but yeah, so yeah, it was, it was the testing part of it was so much. I felt like that was aside from all of the hard work on the film, which is a full, we didn't cut any corners. It's a fully produced feature series that is better produced than Netflix shows. I mean, it's like the same, it's like of the highest quality. And we had all the performers that we wanted 
to be part of this. So, um, yeah. So like, I remember you'd have to get up and test at seven or whatever, um, every morning, even if it was your day off. Mm-hmm. So, um, that was the grueling part of it, especially if you had to work into the night. Cause uh, if anybody doesn't know, like in each deeper set, we're going to put in 12 to 14 hour days mm-hmm. on that set to do the, the scene. And mm-hmm. the sets is a, a great part of it, but then there's so much more than that that goes into it. Cause we have so many elaborate scripts and scenes and shots and it's all shot just like, um, just like a mainstream set. You know, when I walked into even when I walked into blacks that first day that I was filming, I was like, this is, this is run just like a mainstream set and deeper is even like even more because of the scripts and everything so much like it's exactly like a mainstream set and um, even of higher caliber, way higher caliber in, in the filming and everything. So um, yeah, so it's like, we are, it was just, we were fully up and running fully everybody um, involved. I mean, it took everybody really committing to it the whole way. And what is everyone like kind of just like for the duration of the shooting of this, series like we're just like not gonna be like going out to parties or I mean not that anyone is anyway but like yeah I would imagine that that's like an understanding that yeah and I it was really cool because Vixen um secured this massively beautiful penthouse where we could be secure in shooting every day um and we didn't have to worry about you know who was there last and who and like all of that we were just we were there so we had it under control. And I don't think anybody was going to go out partying after every day, 12 to 14 hour days. Yeah. <laughs> it was, um, yeah. So, and they were doing good jobs. They, I mean, they were doing contact tracing, make, making sure like no performer had worked with anybody else that had tested. Mm-hmm. That they were totally negative. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. Yeah. Really in depth into it. I'm not surprised that like a porn production would really actually kill it at, Maybe I shouldn't say kill it right now, but like, <laughs> yeah. really do very well yeah. at the testing portion. Yeah. Just because we are so used to like. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. So and it's like. Testing. Yeah. Yeah. We're not in a business where it's like awkward to ask someone mm-hmm. to get tested or like, like yeah. none of that is like. Mainstream problems with that because. Yeah. That's the situation. And also they have way bigger sets and. Yeah. 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 Um, so that's hard. And I, but I really think this is like, especially with Muse here, uh, I, I really think this is porn's chance to really throw it to mainstream in the quality and the production because mainstream doesn't have a lot of production right now. And it's, it's doesn't have product. I mean, why not have people say, we want to watch this and it, and it has hot sex porn in it. So um, this is yeah really a time to show what, the best porn can be and um, how it can really be, you know, I've always said, I, I like the idea of being a bridge from mainstream to porn and back again. So there doesn't have to be this wall between the two. And I don't think yeah. there should be, I think, I think it's so important that like people, you know, it's kind of like what you said, where like people think of a porn star and they think of this, like, poor abused yeah. person who's just a victim of their circumstances and they had yeah. to do porn as the last resort. Yeah, I don't had to. It's like, and, yeah. And like, I think it's so important that people actually, cause you know, of course that exists. Like that exists yeah, in sure. any industry, right? Like yeah, mainstream and exists all over. Yeah. And, and everywhere, like there are accountants like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like, mm-hmm. I think it's so important that the world hears and like normalizes stories of people that are just like, I just want to do porn. Right. That's enough of a reason. Yeah. And I think it's great that someone like you with such a huge platform and like such a big splash is like spreading that word. Like I I think we're all very appreciative as people. I know. I'm so appreciative too. I know. I'm sure like when I first entered the industry, people were skeptical for sure. I mean, yeah, of course. You know, that's the only narrative we've ever seen yeah. is like someone who's going to come in, make us look worse than we already do yeah. because it's going to look like they were taken advantage of. Yeah. Um, and then they're going to profit off of it and then like talk shit about us for the rest of their lives and how much we ruin right. their lives. Right. Yeah. And right. Right. Really like, you know, it's, 
Yeah, whatever. I, like, I don't want to knock anyone's hustle, but that's like pretty cruel to do. No, that. I know. And I've, I, I swear, I've always wanted to have porn seen positively. I never, I always try to put this positive light on it to the press. And, mm-hmm. and, and I, and I, I hate when other people try to put a negative spin on it. I mean, mm-hmm. the industry don't like let the mainstream get any crumbs of that. They're mm-hmm. going to go with them. They know that narrative. You have mm-hmm. to tell a different narrative. You have to normalize it. Mm-hmm. And normalization is our biggest key. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't have, you don't have to say, Hey, porn is the best thing ever. You know, you're, it's just normalization. You, you see somebody and, you, I, and I think a lot of people like feel comfortable asking me questions too, because they think that they, they know I'm a safer person to ask to them. Mm-hmm. So I really, I love that role because if I can, I can be that kind of person that makes them feel more comfortable and I can answer questions. Cause I, I feel people come up to me or at least before Corona or they'll write me or whatever. And they'll, um, you know, ask me questions about porn because they're definitely interested and, and it's important to, you know, put that positive spin on it and, and, let them ask their questions and it makes it more like, Oh, well I know somebody important. They're not crazy and weird yeah. and drugged out and, and mentally, you know, and I think it goes like so far beyond porn actually is yeah. like when we talk about porn in a positive light and women in porn in a positive light, we're like talking about women's sexuality in a positive yes. light. Right. Absolutely. And like, absolutely. Like, you know, it's such a, even now in 2020, like we, so many of the things we say, like come from a place of like assuming that sexuality is reserved for men and like, you know, men get laid and like women give it up. Right. Like, so it's, it's, I think definitely so so much bigger than even just porn. Right. Right. Oh, Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's yeah. Women's sexuality in general, it's, I loved uh, being somebody who can be free with it and be proud of it and not. Do you feel like you're like at this point and maybe you're not even a person that like operates like this, but like, do you feel like you're porn for life? I don't see it. I, I think that there can be both worlds. I don't, I don't, I hate that people separate. Oh, it's you're a porn person or you're a regular mm. person. I say, I, I'm an actress. I'm a performer. I'm, I'm not going to define myself as only one thing for the, I mean, like, and I think that hurts porn by saying, Oh, you're a porn person now. No, mm-hmm. you're can go either way. Why let's have porn be able to go mainstream mm-hmm. and mainstream mm-hmm. people go porn without having stigmas attached. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's, yeah, I'm definitely porn in the way that I, I, for life that I, I'm going to be the sexual performer for sure. Mm -hmm. But just say you can, that's a categorization. Like just, you can only be this now. It's, I don't want to say that. That's so true. I'm super guilty of it, but like, I think, you know, that's like the model we've seen, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, But I think you're so right. And actually like moving forward, I would like to like check myself when I say things like that. Yeah. It's, it's no, cause it's true. Like it's, we it are multifaceted yeah. people. Everyone is a sexual person. Yeah. Like that's part of everyone. It's just right. that. And it opens up opportunities too, for people in, in sex work. They don't have to be, it's like, you, there's this old stigma where if you go to sex work, you will never get out. You have to, or you never get, not get out, but you'll never, you know, be able to do anything else. Yeah. Ever. You'll never you'll shed never that reputation. Yeah. Um, so, but you know what, in the old days, film stars that went to TV were shamed and <laughs> they, they were like, you know, they weren't allowed TV and film weren't allowed to cross. Yeah, that's true. I mean, so, not even back in the day, I would say like very recently. Until- yeah, not that far, but now it's, until like HBO started like really killing it with their series, right. like and the streaming was... services and stuff with yeah, um, yeah. And it now was... Meryl Streep does TV. So. Yeah, I mean, look at where we've we've come to. So porn is the next <laughs> next. <laughs> yeah. Next thing you know, Meryl Streep will be like shooting milk porn. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> next most natural thing that could happen. Exactly. <laughs> So, like, speaking of what's next, like, are you – so you guys are wrapped on – We are wrapped – yeah, yeah, it's out now. Um, Muse. Um, we are, but we're going to be doing Muse too. so – Oh, The second okay. – so we're getting fully uh, ready to do that again. And then also, you know, scenes and, and everything um, along the way, so – Actually, one thing, like, I was ready to wrap up on that, but, like, one thing I really wanted to ask you, I just remembered, yeah. is, like, um, 
I know like the, the theme of deeper as a brand, as a company, like I know there's a lot of like power exchange and power play separately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the, di- I, I think a lot of like the sexual dynamic and like power struggle in that way is very highlighted. Mm-hmm. Are you like in your personal life? Are you someone that plays with that a lot? Like, are you, are you, are you someone who's like strictly submissive? Are you? Oh no, like, I play with. It? I like to play with both. I I definitely like to uh, play different roles. It's so it, it's funny. It's so fun at deeper though to play this a lot of the time to play this very strong female character that is very in control of her her sexuality and her sexual circumstances and everything. So that is so exciting for me to play. Um, but I definitely, in my personal life, I like to, I like to do both ways. I mean, I'm an actress, so I naturally, so I just, I just love to role play and do, do, do. I can't imagine what it's like to be a good actress. It's kind of like, I also can't imagine what it's like to be good at drawing. Like I just, (laughs) I can't, can't, like I was, I was, I was contracted to this company wicked that only also only does features. Uh-huh. And like for a few years and like they literally like would only cast me as either myself or a sex robot because but I'm like self-admittedly like not a good actor like it's just it just doesn't it doesn't click it, my brain doesn't work in that <laughs> way and I can't fathom like even like if I have to like be in a dominant role, it's like so hard for me to think of like, okay, what do I say next? Like what, what would a dominant person do right now? Like, it's, I don't know. Like I just can't. Well, I can't write my lines. So I don't, I don't have to think about what to say next, except remember the line to say. <laughs> yeah, true. So the delivery, I mean, like, yeah. yeah, I just, I can't even fathom. So you guys are gearing up for Muse 2 for yeah. the second season. Yes, it'll. It's very exciting, and even that is even going to take it to other levels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this series and is exciting. There's going to be like a lot of firsts for me on this series and coming up. Just is speaking of firsts, like, is there anything that you feel you strike me as someone like who probably wouldn't put this kind of limit on themselves? But maybe I'm wrong. Like, is there anything that you wouldn't do, or like for you, that's like a hard no? Um. I people ask me that and I'm like I don't have a hard no except maybe some really extreme BDSM like I don't want to like put needles through me or something you know yeah 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 like really harsh stuff like that but um I don't really have a hard no I'm the kind of person where like uh I want to try everything I I'm but I but I take it in steps like I did my career so I I take it uh, when I know when I'm ready to do that. I know I feel it like, but I know I, I want to do everything. I just, I, I will sure. if I don't. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm, I'm the same way. I'm definitely like a try everything twice kind of person. Yeah. But, but like, also I think like for anyone, if anyone is listening and like they are new to porn, I would say it's a really smart move in my opinion to take it slow, not just career wise. Cause I don't really believe in that anymore, but like, I think, I think sexuality in general, I think it's so much more exciting when like you can fantasize about something and then do it. Yeah. And then I to the next like, that's what happened. My whole journey has been like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, like, like you've never done like a gangbang scene and then it's like all you're fucking thinking about it, and then you do it. And yeah. then next you're like onto like fantasizing about something yeah. else and then you do it. Like I, to me, yeah. like, I think it's cool that like sexuality can evolve that way. Yeah. And, I, and yeah. To me keeps it exciting. Yeah. And it makes the scenes even more exciting. Cause if you're just mm-hmm. something where you're like, well, I don't know, you know, you, it's not as natural and, and hot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't want to be, um, are you also doing like only fans and stuff? Like, Oh you, yes. I have you a shoot your own stuff. Yes. I have, a, I have majorly wonderful only fans and uh, I have so many wonderful people. Um, yeah. So I love to do my own stuff. For that and on this whole quarantine I spent doing a lot all these um OnlyFans videos and live shows and and also I did Cam Soda shows and uh, I think these platforms have been a real saving grace yeah, for I those mean, of us that are like so exhibitionists. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like let me tell you, there's nothing like like when you're used to like shooting porn and doing a lot and then suddenly you're not. Like it's yeah, it's like 
very shocking to the system when you like, <laughs> don't have that outlet. So I think we're all pretty thankful for her. Yeah. But it's cool too because I really got to connect on, on levels with the fans at, mm-hmm. during this pandemic. Not just sexually. It's like everybody needs a human connection. Mm-hmm. And so that was really cool that we could do that and, and pr- provide that for each other mm-hmm. <laughs> during this. Yeah, whole- for sure. Yeah. If one thing I've learned from this pandemic, like really like online friends or actually so important and real. <laughs> yeah. Cause it, it provides that human connection and that, that, that's necessary. And I feel like we've, we've all gotten each other through it. Through yeah, that sure. definitely. Um, is there anything else we can promote for you? Well, my flashlight, I love my, mm. flesh, my flesh lights. <laughs> um, yeah. It's funny because my flashlights are called toy meets world and tight chicks. <laughs> after oh. meets world and white chicks <laughs> that's those oh. are good names my asshole is called forbidden and it's like, I'm like that's the yeah it's like the worst name ever i'm like it it's my least forbidden hole <laughs> <laughs> it's like you don't want people in there <laughs> yes. yeah it's, like it's not forbidden. It's, it's well yeah, it's, <laughs> it's unforbidden <laughs> but um yeah. So okay. So definitely check out your flashlight. Yeah, your and fans. There's a uh, my mistress Maitland DVD is out now and it's doing great and and fans are really enjoying it. It's a whole featurette with um, all my my mistress Maitland scenes that I did for deeper this last your Dommy scenes. <laughs> yeah, your Dommy scenes. I'm, yeah, I'm like Dom in the way that I don't go around um, like tying people up all the time, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I'm more like controlled in my in my dominance of the my uh it's more my my personality and so i'm not like a traditional dominatrix all the time i'm more just this powerful woman who controls the sexual situations around her so mm-hmm. but yeah there's some, some really hot stuff on that <laughs> awesome well thank you so much for joining us thank you i love the audience and i just want to say thank you to you and to everybody who's listening and i really appreciate it and i love being a part of the porn community now so thank you for welcoming welcome (laughs) thank you you, maitland thank you